everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fearcast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety spectrum disorders, and getting your life back. I'm your host, Kevin Foss. Um, I'm a licensed therapist specializing in OCD and anxiety. Thank you all so much for joining me for this episode. Um, everybody, this is a question and answer based podcast where you get to send me questions about uh, about OCD and anxiety and dis- uh, treatment of those things and how to help your friend and how to help your cousin and your mom um, who have anxiety disorders. Um, that's what this podcast is all about and is every subtype, uh, every manifestation, we want to hear about it, even if it's a specific phobia. We talked about castastrophobia just briefly a little bit last week. So we can talk about anything. So if you have questions, I want to hear them. And likely speaking, if you have a question, there's someone else in the world who does have that question too. So everybody, thank you so much. If you want to ask a question, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com. This is the traditional method. Go over to fearcastpodcast.com and there's going to be a a submit a question link there. You get to send me your um, uh, kind of text there. I'll read it. I'll consider it and put it up, likely put it up on a future episode. Um, I've also added, and and we've been talking about this, where audio questions are, you know, they're going to get the priority because I think audio questions, and and some uh, listeners have confirmed this as well. It's just more interesting to hear from your voice and to hear that there's actually another person on the other end of this and actually other people who are listening to this. I'm not just sitting here in my office writing these um, writing these prompts. Um, but instead, there are people who are listening who have their voice and can share their voice. So you can send me a, a, a link to your recorded voice. So if you record it through, record it however you want, upload it to Google, uh, to uh, like a shared Google Drive, send me the link to that. But you know what? The easiest thing maybe actually what uh, what one of the questioners today did, they sent me a message over at Instagram. So you can go over to Instagram. I'm I'm Fearcast Podcast over there, and I post some things every now and again. But you can um, send me an audio there if you send me a direct message. Um, and uh, uh, you, you, in the little text bar, you can press the microphone, you can record your voice, and it will pop up. And I will download that, and I'll put that into the episode, which is exactly what Jen has done today. Now, if you need some directions on exactly how to do that, go to Fearcast Podcast, or excuse me, Fearcast Podcast at Instagram. And in the little highlights bar on my page or my profile page, right to the, uh, right to the left, directly to the left, um, there's going to be some instructions on how to do that. Uh, click on that. It'll tell you step by step how to do it. And you can send me a message. And guess what? If you send me a message, it will be on the next recorded episode. And that's what's happening today. Jen sent me this message gosh, just a couple of days ago. I'm recording this on Thursday. I think she sent this to me Gosh, she might have sent this to me on Wednesday. Let me see. Tuesday, excuse me. She sent it to me on Tuesday. So it's going up. It's happening. Jen, it's happening. So anyway, so you can send me a message over there. You'll hear what that sounds like. It's super duper easy. So speaking of sound, I'm trying out a new audio interface today. I don't know if it's going to sound better or worse or just different. Um, if it sounds worse, go over to Fearcast Podcast uh, at Instagram. Let me know. Just direct message. Say it sounds terrible. Uh, if it sounds good, if it sounds better and you like it, um, also send me a message. It'd be great to hear. Um, if you just don't care and it sounds fine either way, um, just ignore this. That's also fine. Um, lastly, I'll say 
Everybody, if you like the podcast, um, write a review, give a, give a thumbs up, a like, a star. Five stars would be best. Whatever the maximum amount of stars or thumbs up or likes or whatever it might be over that format that you're listening to, um, that would be a delight if you could uh, give me that review. Um, it, it, the, the more reviews, the more um, uh, uh, the more likes, stars, whatever it is, um, the more people find this, the more questions, the longer this podcast is going to go. I've said before. I'm going to do this podcast until I run out of questions, and after which point, I'll find something else to do with my time, or I'll do more direct interviews, which, speaking of which, by the way, and I'm going to mention this later on, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I have it scheduled that Dr. Michael Greenberg is going to make a return to the podcast in a couple of weeks. So, if you have questions for Dr. Michael Greenberg, you can also send those in, and I will try to get him to uh, answer some questions uh, when he is back. So, um... Let's see. I think without further ado, we might as well just get into the first question. So it's an audio question. I'll bring it in here and then I'll jump back in with my answer. Hi there. Thank you so much for your amazing podcast. Um, I was hoping to ask a question for you to consider for one of your future podcasts. I wondered if you had any tips on dealing with um, sexual orientation OCD when you are um, bisexual or bicurious. I have um, admitted and accepted that I am bicurious. I'm in a heterosexual relationship with a male who I adore, but have been struggling for the last two years with ROCD and SOOCD um, and wondered how you deal with um, a theme of you're not bisexual, you're gay, and, and struggling with that acceptance of having that attraction yet also all the intrusive thoughts that that tra- attraction means that you're homosexual as opposed to just by curious. Thanks so much. Hopefully that makes sense. All right, Jen, thank you so much for that question. This is a really good question, and it's kind of a, one of those nuanced questions where it feels like, you know, it, it doesn't quite fit the, it feels like, it can sound like to some that it doesn't fit the the, the, the regular sexual orientation OCD box, right? Oftentimes, when we're when you know questions are asked here, or you hear it written, or or you see it on a blog post, or you see it somewhere, oftentimes it's talking from the perspective of someone who is identified heterosexual and worries that they are homosexual, or gay, or lesbian, or and and, and I would say that's probably the vast majority of the ones that that I see people talk about and I hear people talk about. But Jen, you, you actually talk about the one of the exact reasons why we're why the name has switched from uh, HOCD, so homosexual OCD or I suppose heterosexual OCD, um, either one, I probably typically homosexual OCD to sexual orientation OCD, because this is what you're talking about here is an obsession about your sexual orientation. But notice here again, the obsession is just like all the other ones. What if my sexual orientation is different than the one that I am acknowledging, the one that I am accepting and have well, I've, I've accepted into my life the, the one that feels right to me. So you've said you, you've identified as bi curious, right? Okay, great. So that's where you're saying you're at. But then OCD jumps in and says, uh, uh-uh, but what if you're wrong? 
and it includes that little obsessive doubt. It's, it asks a simple question about you, but that simple, quote, simple question is something, it, or it would constitute or mean something other than who you are, or it calls into question something about you that you think is foundational, and then it kind of jostles the foundation. So then the compulsions are everything that try to answer it, to to get to the bottom of it, to get to get either confidence again with your with your identify uh, your your identification, or to or or at the very least to find the full understanding. So that's where I, I anticipate that rumination, where those compulsions are going to be, is trying to confirm that you are indeed the sexual orientation of your identification that you have identified. I think I'm saying that right. Anyways, point is, the ultimately, Jen, this doesn't need to be treated in any special way, in any way other than way we've been talking about sexual orientation, OCD. Which means, it's it, sometimes again people will get caught up in the content of the obsession. But remember, OCD isn't about the content. That's the trick it's trying to do. It's trying to say this is about your sexuality. It is not about your sexuality. It is about your anxiety and the fear that maybe you've made the wrong choice, you're with the wrong person, and your life is not on the trajectory that it's, quote, supposed to be on. Now, your story may be different. Again, you are not in my office, you're not on my couch, and we are not talking about this in greater detail, so I'm just taking it on, 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 on what you have said. But that fear again... What if I'm with the wrong person? You said you are in a heterosexual relationship. You're with your boyfriend. You like him. Perhaps you love him. Things are going well. Awesome. And then this thought comes in. So, that the, the thing to then sit with is maybe you've made the wrong choice. And maybe you're just going to be stuck with this dude who... You know, he's okay, I guess, but maybe you've made the wrong choice in your life forever. From here on out, it's just going to be awful. Or, you know, you'd just simply be happier. Your life would be more fulfilled. Your life would be fuller if you were with a woman. Maybe. But you also say you don't really want to do that, or at least at this point in life, you don't want to do that. Okay. So there's always, there, there can be this like grass is greener sort of thing, um, or this, um, uh, you know, whatever is different is somehow better. I guess that's the grass is greener, right? That whatever you have right now, no matter how happy you are, fulfilled you are, the other thing is better. And, and we have to say to that, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it's also not. So that's, again, one of those things to sit with. For, for you, if you are working with a therapist on this, scripting can be really helpful in terms of playing out that story that maybe your life is just not going to be you know, fulfilled or your life is not going to be that much better. Um, also, you know, perhaps some movies could be really good in terms of sitting with and, and leaning into this anxiety. Um, the... A movie that's coming to mind, and, and perhaps I'm just not well versed in, um, in in these movies, but the movie that's coming to mind is a movie called "But I'm a Cheerleader," um, which is a is a hilarious movie. With uh, I think it, was, it it is I think it was hilarious at least um, until. But this was me having seen it. 15 years ago, maybe, actually, no, me seeing it 20 years ago. So, the themes have probably changed. I'm willing to bet some of the jokes do not stand up t 
to 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 today's scrutiny into today's norms. Um, but basically, it's a movie about uh, a a a a girl, a high school um, girl, woman. Anyways woman who, um, you know, is living that suburban lifestyle. She is in a, in a heterosexual relationship. She loves her boyfriend. His boyfriend is probably, you know, on the football team, something like that. And everyone else around her just kind of goes, you know, we actually think that you're, you're, you're gay. And they send her away to anti-gay camp. Um, but anti-gay camp that is, you know, run by RuPaul. Um, so, it's a it is a comedy, but anyways, a movie like that may trigger some of your anxiety, and that's part of the point is to then sit with you know maybe I'm wrong, maybe truly deep down, I am indeed a lesbian and not this person that I'm identified as, um, it, it, which is kind of it, it, to your anxiety. I bet it's viewing it as this gray area that's in the middle, right? You said you're bi curious, you're not one or the other, you're not straight, you're not gay, you don't fit in the gay box, the straight box. You are in this gray area. This oh no. How do you categorize yourself? And you've categorized yourself. But anxiety doesn't like that. So, these would be some things to then, then think about. Um, again, scripting is going to be helpful watching this movie, but also, again, acceptance of the doubt. When that thought comes in, remember the anxiety, This your anxiety isn't about the the sexuality it is about that fear that you get about a potential future about the possibility of something bad happening so that's future use problem until then you've identified as who you are you're in your relationship with your boyfriend whom you like great keep going if that's what you decide to do and wait we wait until your world to expl- or until your world explodes with terribleness, or you are it, it, you fully realize, fully, not kind of, not you get that inkling, fully realize an oracle comes over to you, an oracle of truth that says, "Here's what your life could have looked like," and they put you through this simulation, not simulation, they put you through this magical trance where you get to see what your life should have been like. Until that happens, it hasn't happened. So we wait with the anxiety and acknowledge that anxiety, then shift back over to your life, the life that you wanted. Hang out with your boyfriend, talk with your friends, go to work, go to school, whatever it is that you do. And when that feeling comes up, you go, oh, I don't like it, but I'm going to wait and we're going to see what happens. So Jen, thank you so much for the question. Also, I want to add this to everybody. If, if you think I missed something, everybody, if you want to add something to this, send me a message over at fearcastpodcast.com or you can send me a message over at Instagram. I'd love to hear it and I will add that to a future episode. Again, I, I, I don't presume that I'm absolutely right on everything, so you can include some other things. Uh, you can include some other information if perhaps I missed it. All right, so I have one more question here. Um, so I have one more question, and that it comes from someone identifying themselves. So this is the, the fake name that they said they wanted. And for this fake name, I'm going to make a fake name for the fake name because here's the fake name they gave me. What do you do when you have bad fe- What do you do when you have bad feelings that feel like they are absolutely true? So rather than saying that, um, you're you're you are. I don't know. You're Sarah. All right, Sarah. So Sarah's question is, um, I've been struggling with OCD for a long time now. I had a major relapse in the summer last year, and it's been um, and it's been a year now. Uh, but I've recovered, and now I've made some progress. But my problem is still here. 
I'm still upset with my OCD, and I can't seem to stop ruminating. I've been uh, I've been seeing a therapist, but I think I have I, I think I haven't fully understood how to stop ruminating. I read everything though when it comes uh, when it comes to it, uh, and I can't seem to stop. It's very upsetting, and I often find myself getting super upset. And I'm not sure how to simply just quote stop protecting myself from feeling this way. All my compulsions are mental, as as I know, um, and I've um, and I have harm OCD as well. So uh, she goes on to say, but. I know that there is freedom from this. I got to experience the freedom for a few years, but when I got triggered, it just came back to me, and I've been dealing with this every day since. I'm not sure what to I'm not sure what I have to change, but something had to change because I'm not seeing the change in how I think mentally. I'm not seeing change in how I think mentally. I guess my question is, what do you really do or uh, yeah, what my question is, what do you really do when you just get that gut-wrenching bad feeling? I can't simply just let it be there. Ruminating is like breathing to me. So, if you could help explain how to really let go of my problem, that would be great. All right, Sarah. Thank you so much for the question. I'm so sorry you had that relapse, but you know what? Relapses, like what you're talking about, are, are, are to be expected from time to time in the life of someone who has anxiety. You may get these long stretches where things are mellow or the anxiety is off or the, the rumination is not there as much, but that anxiety may come back. The rumination may come back. So it's not that you failed or that you're broken or now that you are destroyed or something like that. It's just this is kind of one of those things that happened. The goal would be is to continue to practice the same skills that you practiced before that helped get you out of it and practice the same healthy lifestyle, which include your relationship with your thoughts when, you, when things were, quote, good to continue on doing that. Sometimes, as you, you're saying, you're saying, oh no, something's different. I need to make a significant change or I need to fight this or I need to do something about this. And, and that's what sometimes just leads to ruminating about ruminating, right? It's that second layer obsession where it's no, it's, it, is, it is still about that content, whatever that content is, but it's now of, oh man, how, how am I doing with my treatment? What is the right treatment? How do I get rid of this? Am I doing it enough? Am I doing it too much? Am I not doing the right, the exact right one? Should I be doing ACT more? Should I be doing acceptance more? Should I be doing mindfulness more? Should I be doing ERP more? Should I be doing cognitive restructuring more? Should I be doing EMDR? Should I be doing shrooms? I don't know. It, you can go down the rabbit hole with different treatments, right? So what I would say first is to remember that Freedom from OCD is not freedom from thought. Freedom from OCD is not freedom from anxiety. You're going to continue to have anxiety and you're going to continue to have thoughts so long as you are a living, breathing human. That's one of the side effects of having a human brain is we get thoughts. So you are having a return of these thoughts, but now you're saying, how do I stop myself from ruminating. So, as I mentioned before, I'm going to have um, Dr. Michael Greenberg on, and he's um, uh, he, he's an expert when it comes to rumination, and and uh, I'll I'll pose questions, or we, he will discuss things like this in, in a future episode. If you want to go back to the future, the, the previous episode I have with him, and he's also been on uh, OCD stories a couple of times, and he's probably elsewhere. Um, but you can listen to what he has to say about ruminating. So, um, in, in in this case, though. 
you're kind of saying, you know, I, I can't simply just let that feeling be there when it's that when it is there. Well, Sarah, why not? Why can't you let it be there? What is so bad about that feeling other than it feels bad? Of course it feels bad, but does it have to be the end of the world? Is it the end of the world or is it simply an uncomfortable feeling? This is one of the this is one of the the the, the magical tricks of OCD is actually learning that you can you can have uncomfortable feelings and that that uncomfortable feeling does not mean that the content of that or the thing that's associated with it is in fact true. And that that bad feeling will always go away. This is one of the few things that I promise in life. As bad as you feel and as good as you feel, that feeling will pass and it will go away. As evidenced by the fact that it came back. So, it's going to go away. One of the things that you're trying to do and one of the things that you learn through exposure and response prevention is by letting that feeling be there. And not like sitting there and analyzing it. Is it still there? How much is it there? Is it there 20%, 30%, 90%, 0%, right? What that's kind of doing, and, and Greenberg talks about this, is you know, if you're, if you're then making your entire day analyzing that feeling in an effort to try to get rid of it, you're only making your day about that feeling even more. So part of what we're trying to do through treatment is making greater space for that feeling. ACT calls this expansion. In expansion, we are widening what we are willing to accept and experience in life. And there are a lot of other things in ACT that talk about this. But we're saying, all right, this bad, crappy, gut-wrenching feeling that you're, t- you're talking about, it's a human feeling. I bet there are other times that you get that that are maybe even wanted or desired. Some people say that's crazy, but you know, again, going on a roller coaster is only you trying, is you paying a, a ton of money to try to convince your brain that it's about to die. And we call that fun. That feeling or having thoughts of, of, of having violent thoughts and maybe even having feelings that you're about to be murdered sounds crazy unless you realize that people pay a bunch of money to go see horror movies or go to ridiculous haunted houses. Those haunted houses, things like um, Knott's Berry Farm here in Southern California does this, Knott's Scary Farm. They have people with like chainsaws running around and like jumping out of boxes. I'm out. I don't need, to, I don't need that alarm surprise feeling. Thank you very much. But anyways, um, it, it, people pay a bunch of money for that. So it's not that those feelings are bad. It's that you just didn't really ask for it. But your brain and body didn't care it showed up. So part of your job is then to ride that wave to let it be there and to realize that you can let it be there. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes we'll say, and I'll say, we got to sit with that anxiety. You don't have to sit with it. You can run with it. You can walk with it. You can watch TV with it. You can go to class with it. You can talk to your cousin about it or with it. It's that, that you, we can live our life with that uncomfortable feeling and that that feeling over time will wibble and wobble and it will eventually subside and be replaced by something else. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's what we're trying to do here is let it progressively pass. Now, to your question about rumination, how do you stop ruminating? Well, the first thing I would ask is, well, what are you doing that's not letting yourself stop? In other words, how are you holding on to ruminating? What is your participation in rumination? Now, again, we justify rumination by thinking that we're trying to get rid of it. Or we justify rumination by thinking that we're trying to stop something bad from happening, trying to prevent something bad from happening, trying to make ourselves feel better, Right? So why, do you, why are you ruminating? What is your active participation? Because now, if you aren't ruminating, what you have is a thought. 
Rumination is your participation in it. It's the thing that you're doing with it. You are investigating it. You're going into that fantasy, right? And we've talked about the fantasy before. It's, you know, uh, rumination is oftentimes thinking about stuff that isn't tangible, stuff that's not actually happening. And our imagination can take us into all sorts of places with whatever your fear is. So we're dealing with things that are fictitious or elaborate or future-based or past-based or something that may or may not ever happen. But instead, in our imagination, they seem very likely or very reasonable or very possible. So what are you doing with it? Are you trying to figure it out and get rid of it? Because I bet you're going, yeah, but Kevin, if I don't think about it, if I don't do something about it, it's going to stay here forever. Will it? I'll, I'll, I'll stop my sarcasm. The reality is it won't. If you let it be there, if you let that thought float around a little bit, kind of be there, as you go live your life, it'll eventually pass. When you're ruminating, we are also making a big deal about this thought, this thought all of a sudden becomes really important. Our brain goes, gosh, darn it. Sarah really likes this thought. She thinks it's really important. Let's give her more, which is not what you want. So we're trying to say, all right, this thought, I'm going to treat it as if it's not important. In the meantime, it's uncomfortable. So practicing being, practicing letting that uncomfortable feeling be there while you shift your focus towards damn near anything else, anything else that's more reasonable, more fun, more, more uh, meaningful for you. And again, it might just be watching TV. Some people are going to say that's avoidance or suppression, and to a certain degree it can be. But maybe it is doing your homework. Maybe it's having a conversation with someone that you, 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 um, you like, you want to have a conversation with. It might be doing a podcast. I don't know. It might be playing music. I don't know what it is, but, but doing that and practicing continually shifting from when you get caught up in that rumination, that temptation to get sucked into it, to gently shifting back over to that thing that you're doing. It's a practice. And also within that, we're going to hold back on judging yourself when you get sucked into it. You've been practicing that. You're super good at it. All right, we're developing a new skill. We're saying, all right, this feeling is there. This thought is there. Great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play my guitar while I have this feeling. And I'm not going to play super good guitar. I'm not going to expect myself to play super good guitar. But I'm going to play guitar while I have this feeling. Period. And then you're going to keep going. Notice you said, I- I'm not sure how to stop protecting myself from feeling this way. We can't protect ourselves. In other words, stop ourselves from feeling something. We feel it. Let yourself feel that feeling because it's a natural human emotion. Give yourself grace and patience for being human and sometimes having a crappy feeling. Some days we have those crappy feelings. Some days we just inexplicably have good feelings. Those are fun. So we're making more space for it. Mindfulness and meditation can be really helpful for this, meditation in particular. Um, the Headspace app um, has a bunch of, a Headspace or whatever uh, app you find beneficial or that you like most can be something to look into um, and to start practicing. What it, it helps you to do is to fluctuate between seeing that feeling and you know seeing what else you feel, see what else you tangibly feel in your body, see what other thoughts are there, see what other sounds are there. And not getting sucked into just this one thing, but making space for it and acknowledging that there's a lot more going on than just that. When we hyper-focus on one thing, we, incur- we, we ensure that that's the one thing that's the most important to us.
And that's what we're trying to work against. It's expanding. What else is there, Sarah? That bad feeling is there. And is there a song on the radio? Is there a TV show on? Is there a friend that's there? Is there just a leaf that you like? That's a pretty leaf. We're going to focus on that leaf. Anyways, I think you get the idea. It's, it's, about, it's about broadening what is in the here and now. Actually in the here and now. Not stuff that's in fantasy, the future, the past. The stuff that's, you know, could be. It's the stuff that's here. Usually what's here is kind of nothing. Or it's simple in the sense that it's here. What is here in the moment for you would be that feeling. Yeah, that feeling's there, but so what? Eventually it'll not be there, right? So do you want to make all of this moment about that feeling or about damn near anything else? So Sarah, I'm, I'm, I know I've got to be quick about this. Unfortunately, I have to jump now into session. I think I'm a little late for it anyways. So I'm going to slide that music into this, the, the outro music into this. So everybody, thank you so much again for uh, entrusting me and being a part of uh, the FearCast. Um, uh, please remember that the FearCast is not substitute for psychotherapy. If you need some help, go over to fearcastpodcast.com and there's going to be a button to find help. There's going to be some stuff for you there that might, might point you in the right direction. Um, until next time, everybody, Oh, I should mention again, again, if you, if you like the podcast, write a review, um, leave, a, uh, leave a rating wherever it is. It would, uh, again, it just helps other people to find this. So thank you all so much, everybody. Um, until next time, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.